counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new Hey, welcome to Lambo Leap Podcast. It's Dane here with my boy Wags. Wags, how you doing? I'm doing very good. Uh, thankfully, the um, polar vortex is over. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the deep freeze is is not setting in here anymore. Uh, we're recording this on uh, Saturday, February 2nd. And... Um, um, it feels like spring might be uh, coming soon, right? Yeah, according to the groundhog here in Wisconsin, he said uh, that we're going to have a, a short, a short uh, winter the rest of the way. Uh, but thanks again for, for tuning in to us. You can follow us on Twitter at Lambo Leap Pod, on Facebook uh, at Lambo Leap Pod, Instagram at Lambo Leap Podcast. Please subscribe to us, iTunes. Google Play, Spotify, connect with us. Let us know what you think. Uh, again, we're just a couple guys. Love our Green Bay Packers. We're we're part owners of the team. We got the 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 stock, and we're so excited to to be uh, gaining followers. So thanks again for for listening. I think today we really want to dive in to what's happening on the defensive side of the ball. We've got a lot of free agents. Last week we talked quite a bit about the. Uh, offensive free agents on the on the Green Bay Packers, and we'll be looking at the defensive uh, players today. Uh, and you know, I think before we do that, though, Wags, what do you think about us chatting a little bit about a couple of the the final coaching positions that have come in this week? I mean, I I do think that a position coach can really move the needle at times. So we've got a couple guys here. The big one. Let's start with the big guy. Sean Meninga, he's the special teams coach now, and he had been the special teams coach at Vanderbilt. What's your take? Because this is a huge position. We've been harping on the idea of Ron Zook being gone. I think that was an addition by subtraction with him leaving. But what's your take with with bringing in Coach uh, Meninga? So it looks like they were selective. Um, they had a number of guys that they interviewed. Certainly we talked about Darren Rizzi um, was was probably the headliner in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, you had some reservations about some of the other yeah. uh, names that were out there that re- they reportedly interviewed. Uh, Menenga was um, on uh, Coach Patton's staff uh, when he was the head coach in, in Cleveland. He was the assistant special team coordinator there and um, was actually very highly regarded um in, in his time there so uh there is a connection uh, obviously to coach Patton and, and the existing staff and it, it does appear that even the assistant coaches that um, coach LaFleur is, is bringing in even if he hasn't personally worked with them sure. there seems to be some connections either with directly with some of the other coaches that are on the staff or with other coaches or, or uh, associates that coach LaFleur has worked with in the past so um, I, I like that uh, there is some connection there I, I, I don't I, you know he's I don't know if he's a, you know, certainly a, a big name special teams coach. I, I don't think that's all that important um, for the reasons uh, we, we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really more about bringing in a guy that uh, can be accountable and, and knows his stuff and, and is, can 
keep clear lines of communication open with the rest of the staff. Special teams is so important because you're pulling players, sometimes players that play a lot on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, So you have to have a really good working relationship and clear lines of communication uh, with everyone else on the staff uh, when you're working with special teams. Um, So if that's what we get with Coach Menanga, great. Uh, Let's go. Yeah, for sure. I we're we're seeing this trend continue where the Green Bay Packers are going to give some guys a shot here and he doesn't have a ton of uh, NFL as a special teams coach at least experience, but he is bringing a fresh perspective. Clearly it's somebody that coach LaFleur has comfort in to to bring him in at such a critical position. We had a pretty significant void in special teams the the last couple of seasons. Last year was Certainly, the most glaring that that I'd seen in a number of years as a Packer fan, uh, but his his connection with Lafleur and also with Petten is strong. What we are seeing is a sense I get a sense at least that this is a coaching staff that is going to have a comfortable amount of camaraderie with each other and they're we're, I'm excited to see a coaching staff that maybe wants to work together and they're going to build this thing back to where it deserves to be so I'm, I'm excited to see him as part of this and I'm hopeful that he's going to be able to work with J.K. Scott in particular to make him a little bit more consistent I still think that Scott has a ton of talent in that leg and maybe a change of scenery for the coaching staff, particularly for him, is a good move. Now, we also made an addition at the wide receiver coach position, did we not? Yeah, so Elvis Witted, um, he was the uh, wide receiver coach for Colorado State. And he was there for, um, I believe, eight seasons and had some real success developing NFL talent yes. at uh, not, you know, uh, certainly not a, a, a t- highly, you know, well-known or, or top program. So um, you really have to like what um, uh, he's done with his track record. Yeah, I mean, he's worked with Richard Higgins, uh, you know, and Michael Gallup. They're these guys, he's been able to develop guys. And this, to me, definitely pointed to the Packers' interest in these young guys that we drafted last season, uh, MVS and St. Brown and more. And even we can look at Jake Camaro a little bit, even though he's 27. But uh, the development of some of these younger guys, they wanted to bring somebody in who had a track record of doing that. And I think that bringing in this coach is going to be – really good because he's clearly able to talk and work with some of the young talent in college. I do think that that can translate to the NFL as well. He's also a guy who played in the NFL for a number of years, I think eight or nine years, played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a number of teams. And that's awesome, right? So you're going to have a coach that comes in with a track record of coaching young talent, but also a guy who can maybe show some of the young guys this is how an NFL pro needs to prepare and transition into going from college to being a professional athlete. So great hire from what I can tell, um, coming from a little bit outside of some of the rest of the system here. And I'm just really excited to see how he can work with some of our young guys because as we've talked about in the past, I know all Packer fans know, after Devontae Adams, 
we're looking for that next young guy to step up and become a big-time number two wide receiver in this Packer offense. I think that we saw flashes of it, particularly from MVS and from St. Brown last season. But we're going to need them to really become consistent players in this offense for years to come if we're looking to get another Super Bowl. And I think they can do it. I think it's a great hire. Beautiful. And uh, one other uh, news on the assistant coaching uh, front is Ryan Downard has um, agreed to return and he's going to be the assistant defensive backs coach. So he got a bump there. Um, He will be, of course, working um, with uh, Jason Simmons, who was uh, promoted to the defensive backs coach, uh, who is also returning. So nice to see some consistency there. Welcome Um, back, Ryan, especially with a lot of those young guys there. Continuity out of for that cornerback room. We saw some really good cornerback play, particularly out of Alexander last season. And I think this points to uh, continuing Alexander's development. Okay. Um, Very good. So um, I think that's about it with the coaching staff update. Um, So it looks like the um, uh, full staff is really rounding into form. Um, We basically, at this point, Dane, it looks like we have um, pretty much the whole staff. There will be a few more additions here, but um, for all intents and purposes, I I think that pretty much uh, probably will sum up most of our discussion around um, uh, the coaching staff and and what they're going to be doing here uh, this offseason. So they're really pretty much ready to rock and roll at this point in time. So um, with that, why don't we jump over into uh, the defensive Packers free agents discussion. So um, if you missed it last time, we talked about the um, Packers free agents on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So feel free to go back and catch up on that discussion. Uh, that That is discussion certainly isn't contingent on this one. So it doesn't have to be in any order. Um, but uh, we're not talking about potential free agents that um, the Packers could go out and mm-hmm. sign that were not on the team last year. That's a future podcast. Right. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're just really focusing on um, the guys that were on the team last year that are free agents. So just to wanted to make sure that everybody was clear on that. And um, I, I know last time we at, sort of ended that discussion um, talking about maybe some of the guys that are under contract on the offensive side of the ball that we might not bring back. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, one of the uh, guys we talked about, uh, Jimmy Graham, when we recorded last week, um, there had been some news that that the Packers may not be planning to bring him back. We both basically, I think, agreed mm-hmm. that it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to cut Jimmy Graham um, just based on the financials, not based on the fact that we thought that it was a good signing mm-hmm. or that he had earned his salary, but that you know you don't just replace a guy of that caliber by getting rid of him unfortunately right. it, it it it's not as easy as that um so um and then really uh, kind of surprisingly that uh, the packers came right back out and announced that they were planning to bring him back mm-hmm. um it's not not that they're bringing him back because we agreed that we thought that was going to happen but that they basically came out and, and announced that right after that news broke. So um, so that actually clarifies, I think, a few things with, with what we're looking at cap-wise. Um, so I, I guess one of the big um, players that seems pretty much to be a, a sure thing, we don't know exactly what will happen, um, but Nick Perry, it seems really highly unlikely that Nick Perry does not get cut in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form this, this off season. 
Um, so um, the, the, basically the way that this, this will work with, with Perry's contract is um, you can either cut him outright um, um, before March 15th. Um, he's owed a roster bonus of just over 5.4 million. And or if you or you can designate him as a post June first cut. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you just cut him before the roster bonus uh, is paid, that um, wipes out his contract, but he would count 11.1 million in dead cap space for the 2019 season. So that really only clears about three million in cap space. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is if you do it that way, then he doesn't count against the cap at all in future seasons. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what was probably more likely to happen is that he's designated as a post-June 1st cut. That doesn't mean that the Packers can't cut him before they owe him that roster bonus. Mm -hmm. Um, But that would actually save them almost um, just over $10 million in cap space in 2019. Um, It would um, spread out some of that dead cap hit Mm -hmm. into future seasons, um, but it, it, it... gives them a little bit more flexibility this season. Um, so it, they have both of those options on the table. Dane, do you feel like there's any way Nick Perry does not get cut? No, I think Nick's getting cut. Uh, Nick Perry has been a really fascinating guy to watch as a Green Bay Packer over the years. He's been, I think, pretty up and down in a really bizarre fashion. We we kind of joke sometimes that he seems to play his best when he has a club on his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's, I think that they can find other options than Nick Perry at a much more reasonable price that can be productive. Nick seems to have a lot of injury issues. He disappears at times, and for the money that the Green Bay Packers owe him, there's just not really a real reason to bring him back. So not surprised to see him go. Not sure exactly what way that happens, but I really do think it's a foregone conclusion that he's cut. I would say upwards of 80 85% that Nick Perry isn't back with the Green Bay Packers next season with the caveat that if he were to take some kind of salary cut, significant pay decrease, there's maybe a chance that Nick comes back uh, especially we are playing in that 3-4 defense again next year. But I just don't see I don't see the benefit to the Green Bay Packers to have him back. Uh, we'll talk about NFL draft and first, second, third round picks in future podcasts. But there's going to be opportunities for the Packers to fill that spot. So unless, again, if there's a significant decrease in pay, Nick just isn't going to come back, and, and we'll wish him well and thankful for some of the, the big plays that he's made for the Packers over the years. But it just the fit isn't quite there the way it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, th- I think the the biggest thing is is that, you know, you could make the argument perhaps that you don't save a lot of money by cutting them this year. Yeah. Um, because even if you do that post June 1st cut, um, that it will count against the cap then in future seasons. So mm-hmm. they're still getting you know hit pretty hard. That's not something that the Packers thankfully have had to deal with a lot in the past. No. So say what you will about you know Ted Thompson's um, uh, lack of aggressiveness mm-hmm. and free agency. He has been. V- 
very successful in you know who he does sign mm-hmm. and so hopefully we'll see the same thing from Goody moving forward um, with you know some of the uh, uh, aggressiveness that he showed last year and going out and getting some other players to supplement the roster um, but uh, the, the fact is is it's just it's really hard to see a path to bringing Perry back because of the number of years that are left on yeah, his contract it's huge. you got to get out from under that at, uh, at some point mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate but um, um, he's just you, you can't just continue to hope that he's going to produce because even if he comes back a little bit next year, you're still overpaying him then for for another few se- couple yeah. of seasons. Uh, that's uh, I think we just have to cut our losses now. It's just it's a shame. He was a first round pick of ours and he's stuck a while. He good for him in the sense that he had the, probably the best season of his career right before his free agent season, which kind of drives me nuts. I know it drives a lot of our our fellow fans nuts, but yeah, it's it's probably time for him to 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 go and you know, we I think there's there's going to be a lot of opportunity to replace him in in free agency and through the draft and Goody surely isn't afraid to make that splash. And I will say another thing about Ted Thompson. A lot of times when a general manager leaves for, for I think that times people have been critical of Ted Thompson. He did win a ring, but there were also some missed opportunities at, at different parts of his career in Green Bay. But I will say that when he left, he didn't leave the cap in shambles. He left us with truly a pretty blank slate for us to work with and to allow Goody to work with. and So we're not under these restrictions that other teams that are uh, like the Minnesota Vikings, I'm just going to say it, that are just pretty bad at managing their cap at times. So I'm really thankful for, for Ted for that. Now the key for Goody is going to be when he makes these signings, he's going to have to hit on them. And they don't all have to be big splash signings. I think that they need to be guys that fit the system and that are not afraid to hit the quarterback. Yep, absolutely. So um, one other guy that um, I thought it might be a good idea to look at Mm -hmm. is Tremont Williams. Now, here's another guy, just like Randall Cobb last time. Love Tremont Williams. Love Tremont Williams. Love, love Tremont Williams. Um, And um, boy, that would be a a, a tough one. But the fact is, is this guy, you know, um, I'm not sure he has much left and he doesn't have a huge contract, but still, if they cut him this offseason, that could save him uh, about $5 million uh, yeah. against the cap. And to be quite honest with you, um, he, um, I don't see a path to him short of a lot of injuries again at, in the cornerback group. Mm-hmm. Uh, to him being on the field, and, and quite honestly, I'm not sure that I really want him on the field much in the cornerback position. I'm comfortable if he's that um, that veteran guy that's in the room and is on the team, but not at. I, I don't know that he's on the team at the number he's at right now. Mm-hmm. And and granted, uh, Tremont is under no obligation to uh, take a pay cut. If I were him, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, so I completely understand. Sure. Um, so it, it's probably unlikely that Tremont would be cut and then he comes back for like a veteran minimum deal. Mm-hmm. I think that's asking a lot of a guy to try to do that. But do you think he's worth the $6 million that he's going to be owed in 2019? I, I'll tell you what. This might surprise you. I try to be pragmatic with players and think more with my head than my heart. 
and taking my heart out of it as much as I can because Tremont Williams, one of the great Packers on defense that we've had, he's a great story, free agent, uh, undrafted free agent that came to Green Bay and you know won a ring with us. I actually do think he's worth it. Um, I think he's incredibly versatile. He understands Coach Patton's defense really well. He plays some corner. He plays safety. He's one of those guys that uh, I know last season when we needed a punt returner, he raised his hand and said, I'll do it. And for an older guy, a veteran to do that, I think it shows a ton of leadership. We have a lot of young cornerbacks in the room still. Kevin King's going into his third year. has had some injury issues. We have Alexander and Jackson going into their second year. We'll get to Breland in a little bit here. But I think Tremont is the kind of glue guy that great teams have and need to have. And I also believe that he can still show sparks on the field and and fill in and do the types of things that we need to do. And when you look around the locker room right now for the Green Bay Packers and you talk about leadership and you talk about guys that absolutely command respect, I look at Aaron Rodgers as one of those guys. I look at Devontae Adams as one of those guys. I look at Bakhtiari, Balaga as a couple of those guys. On the defensive side, it's definitely Mike Daniels. Mike Daniels is an engine on the defensive line and for that defense. I look at Kenny Clark. He's growing into that role as a, as a veteran. Clay Matthews, which we'll also be talking about shortly, uh, will be another guy. Blake Martinez. But in that defensive backfield, who is it? It's Tremont Williams right now. And I think that keeping him for another year, bridging that gap until Alexander shows another season, uh, which I'm, I'm expecting him to have an incredible year. But Tremont Williams means more than his production on the field to this team. And I also think that he can still produce on the field. So I would really be upset to see him leave uh, as a, a be, by being cut by the Green Bay Packers. I think it would be a mistake uh, for him. And I do think he has something to prove. And I think that he's going to have an opportunity to do that in 2019. Okay. Um, so do you think he's a cornerback or do you think that we keep him at safety then next season? I actually think that he's going to float around a little bit, but he may end up being primarily more of a safety next year again. So my only issue with that is, and, and I actually, I agree that we need Tremont Williams in some ways, but I just don't think that it's wise to keep, to pay him the amount that they are for what his role is going to be mm-hmm. to me. Um, if you look at the safety market, it was, you know, now we don't know that that's going to continue to happen uh, into this off season. Um, but um, most of the, um, safeties that signed last year, almost none of them were getting more than four or five million, and that was even for some of the top guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would expect the Honey Badger. He he did a he had a one year contract last yeah. season. Um, he's probably going to cash in this off season with with the amount of cap space that a number of teams that have cap space out there. He's still a young guy. He's still too. a young guy, yeah. but he's had a lot of injuries and that was part of why he didn't get a lot of money. But I mean, for Pete's sake, Morgan Burnett was uh, um, the second highest paid safety last season, yeah. um, which is pretty crazy. And he, it was only a three year, 14.2 million deal. Mm-hmm. Tremont at what he makes would be one of the highest paid safeties. And, you know, he's that's not even his natural position. So um, I, I don't know. I guess I don't have a problem with it. They don't have a long-term commitment to Tremont. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, 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 again, I love Tremont Williams. I just, um, I, I guess that kind of 
flows into the next part of the conversation because I don't think there's anyone else out here that we would be looking to um, cut to free up cast base right. or is there anyone else that you think on the defensive side of the ball that we'd be looking at? I don't think so. Okay, you, you, so yeah, I think we're set. So to me, what I'm looking at is who brings more value to the Packers defense next year, Tremont Williams or Bashad Breland? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, you can sign Breland and bring Williams back. There's no reason they can't do that. Yes. So it's not like they have to make a decision between those two guys. But when you can free up $5 million in cap space, and Breland last season um, signed a three-year $24 million uh, contract with the Panthers, mm-hmm. and the reason he was available for the Packers was because uh, he had a foot infection and he failed his physical. So the Panthers voided that contract, and then Breland had to wait it out um, until he was healthy, and then the Packers uh, were able to sign him for a one-year man- veteran minimum. Yeah. Um, so they're certainly not getting him back at that number. No, he earned, and he earned. He's earning more money. No right about it. I I don't. I you know I I, I really like Breland. Um, I I don't see any reason why he wouldn't command a pretty similar contract to what he signed with the Panthers last off season. Mm-hmm. Do, do you, you know, was there anything in his play or in his track record? He's not a guy that um, actually has a history of injuries, mm-hmm. um, even though he, you know, um, had that, you know, issue last off season and, and came into camp and had some hamstring issues. I think that, or not camp, I'm sorry. Uh, but he came in uh, when he did mid, basically early mid season. Mm-hmm. That's pretty normal for a guy that doesn't have any off season program sure. uh, to have some of that stuff. And, and for the most part, finished off the year pretty healthy. So, um, so I guess what I, I, what I'm looking at with, with Tremont is, same thing with Cobb. What's his role? If he's going to be your starting safety mm-hmm. and we feel like he can do that, great. Um, let him let him stay on the team for that one more year, $6 million, and hopefully you know you go out and maybe find another guy, draft someone, and, and you got your replacement next offseason. Mm-hmm. I'm completely fine with that. Um, but then, again, um, could you upgrade safety given that that's not Tremont's natural position for less money and then also have a little bit of extra money to um, sign Breland as well. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. I don't think if you keep Tremont, Breland can't come back. What I've seen out of the Packer defensive backfield over the last number of years is that we certainly see injuries. And with Kevin King being injured at times, I thought Josh Jackson was a little uneven uh, in that in his role on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm hoping he makes a big leap. Alexander's a budding star. And when we have that and we look at that, and we have a young guy, Tony Brown, too, who I think we both agree flashed some real potential in the back end of the year. So we do have a, an interesting cornerback room already developing and shaping up uh, that we saw some real potential in 2018. But I, I do think that at his cost for one year, there's – I think they can they can make it work. I, that, that's all it comes down to. And I don't think that they're going to – because of maybe the – well-tended cap that we have 
we will probably maybe it is overpaying Tremont, maybe it's not. I do think there's opportunity for him to bounce back and have another successful year. And I'm saying that not because of Tremont Williams, what he's done for us in the past. I just believe that he can get back to a different level again next year. And him floating around in that defense, I think just makes the defense better. And everything that he brings to the table, he's just the the kind of guy that we should probably keep on the back end. But when we then shift to Breland, I actually I so I think he showed a ton of playmaking ability for the Packers last year. He had that pick six. He was showing up where he needed to show up at the cornerback position. I would absolutely love to have him back in Green Bay next year. I thought it was pretty obvious that some of the young guys really liked having him on the team. But I also think we need to be careful how much we pay him. He He's a guy that I think is talented, but he's not a shutdown corner. And I don't want us to get into a bidding war with a couple other teams that historically get into bidding wars for free agents. So that's my only caveat with Breland. I would love to have him back. Uh, and I don't know what that number exactly is going to look like. I agree. It's probably... I'd be comfortable with the number that he had signed with the Panthers. I think we can make that work. And particularly with the knowledge that Tremont Williams will be off the books a year after that, most likely. Or And certainly if he were to come back after that, he would be at a discounted rate from what he's making now. But I just get a little wary that we're signing guys that are above average but not great and sinking a lot of money or long-term money into them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that would be my my biggest concern as well um you know you've got a couple of young guys obviously or several young guys in the cornerback group um that they won't have to invest in Mm -hmm. so not that they have to invest in uh the cornerback group to to even it out but um if you if you look at Breland as a guy that you can sign, and he's 26 years old mm-hmm. for maybe three years, similar to what uh, he got last year. Yeah. If he wants to come back to Green Bay and, and that's a number that he agrees to, um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense um, as, as sort of someone that has has shown that he can, um, you know, like you said, make plays on that side of the ball um, and, um has been pretty healthy throughout his career and there was a reason why he was um you know on a per year basis he was actually the uh, sixth highest paid cornerback uh free agent signing last off season um if that deal with the panthers hadn't fallen through so um that on the flip side it, he might be a guy that's that's in demand um mm-hmm. uh, with teams that have a lot more cap space um and the packers do have quite a bit of cap space, but there's other teams that have more and some have a lot more. So um, there will be a lot of spending going on. Um, so just a warning yeah. uh, to you, to uh, our fellow Packers fans, don't don't start getting frustrated when you see the Jets and the mm-hmm. Browns and the Texans and and uh, yeah. you know the, the, the money around. Yeah, the 49ers. Money too, everyone's going to be yeah. throwing a lot of money around. Um, so we we want to make sure that we bring in the right guys, the guys that want to be Packers and the guys that'll be. Uh, um, uh, you know, are agreeing to sign at at a value for the Packers. Yeah, well. it, and the, with the NFL cap, right? It's not just about next year. It is about 
being responsible financially for the extent of that contract. And there's ways to move money around, front load a contract so you can get out of one later. But the Packers have always been really good about watching their money. And if we do find a way next season to have a cornerback room of Kevin King and Alexander and Jackson and Breland and Tremont Williams and Tony Brown probably – that's not a bad group to go into. Uh, well, you've got a mix of veteran leadership and some really young talent, and that would be uh, that's a pretty formidable group, especially if we can take care of business on the back end in our safety group. Sure, absolutely. So um, I think let's to go ahead and look at some other guys then. Um, it makes sense that we would be um, looking at um, some of the other guys in, in that secondary group. So um, what, what about... Um, you know some of the safeties that are on the roster we we had this a little bit of this discussion with our uh year-end review with that safety group yeah. but um, we've got some guys here and and eddie pleasant and ibrahim campbell and Kentrell bryce yeah and i was ready to clean house but um uh what say you dane um we've got bryce is an uh is a restricted free agent yeah and pleasant and campbell are both unrestricted free agents yep so we bryce has been on the team for a uh, number of years now and Campbell was an addition partway through the season as was uh, Eddie Pleasant. Campbell was a guy who uh, was drafted by the Cleveland Browns back in 2015 and uh, Eddie Pleasant was a Texan for a number of years, played some pretty good special team snaps if I'm not mistaken for the for the for the Texans. I have seen around some of the fan blogs that people really liked Campbell's play for the extent that we saw him last season. I wasn't, frankly, quite as impressed with him. I think that I wouldn't shed a tear if we cleaned house out of all of these guys. I, Campbell didn't show enough to me to, to move the, the needle one way or another. And Eddie Pleasant, I thought, no offense to him, he's played in the NFL for a number of years. If you're looking for a guy who's going to play some special team snaps, he's a nice signing potentially. But for what our needs are right now, somebody that can play meaningful snaps on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think he fits that bill. And Kentrell Bryce is probably one of the more frustrating players that I can remember watching for the Packers in, in recent memory. I had such high hopes for him, but he seems to have trouble tracking the ball and has mistakes in coverage. And while he's not afraid to throw his body around at all, he's incredibly physical at times, he also doesn't wrap up very well. And we saw a significant amount of missed tackles this season with... Kentrell Bryce being kind of the one of the, the chief leaders in, in missing tackles at times. So I think it's time to clean house. I wouldn't be shedding any tears to see all three of them depart, and we can completely revamp that room. Sure, uh, I agree. It should be pointed out that all three of those guys are basically veteran minimum guys. Um, but for all the reasons that you said, I think it's time to go and find other players that we can roll the dice with and see if they can fit in and into uh, the defensive system um, and just uh, see if we can get a little bit more production for what we're signing them for. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't cost them anything to bring any of these guys back, but we basically know what we get and we've seen what we got. Yeah. 
So, you know, there's other veteran minimum type players. There's, they're all over the place that you, you can buy, you can find plenty of, of Pleasance, Campbells, and Bryces out there um, at the same cost. And to me, I would rather just roll the dice and see if we can find someone that maybe just comes in and um, surprises people. It really fits and can thrive in, in Coach Patton's system yes. um, and can be a real value. Uh, none of these guys, I think, really brings a lot to the table. They've shown that to us already. So um, I agree. Let's. I, I don't think I haven't changed my mind at all. Let's let's move forward. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, why don't we um, look at um, the final um, uh, free agent uh, in that secondary group, uh, uh, Devon House. Um, was a guy that we signed late in the process last year. Um, Dane, he signed for a $1 million contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Dozer uh, doesn't think that Devon House should be back, and I do not <laughs> disagree with that assessment. What say you, Dane? Yeah, Devon House had lost a step, and it's pretty obvious of that fact. So I really enjoyed his first stint with us in Green Bay. He was that long cornerback he actually kevin king reminds me of a more athletic devon house so i'm excited to see what he can bring and hopefully stay on the field in future years but you can have you can have him for a year here and there but i actually think we saw the end of his time probably in the nfl this year he didn't look right at all when he was on the field and then got injured we put him placed him on injured reserve reasonably early in the season he had a time where he was pretty effective, but that time, unfortunately, at least through my opinion, is past. And I thank him for, for everything he's done for the Green Bay Pack organization. We've got some good memories of the work that he did, but Wags, I agree. I think we get younger at that position, and I think that we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so that uh, it basically does it for the secondary group. Um, let's let's uh, move over to that linebacker group, yeah. shall we? So, um, big name there is Clay Matthews. So, uh, Clay, Clay, yeah. love Clay yeah. uh, again. But uh, you know, this, this is just difficult to talk about some of these guys that have done so much for the organization. Um, I I am a little bit, um, shall we say, nostalgic uh, for Clay Matthews, but. Uh, his play the last couple of seasons makes it a little bit easier for me to to say that it's it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just like Cobb, he definitely will not be back at the number that he was making no. the last few seasons. Um, but he won't be playing at that number for anyone else. Either. <laughs> That's so, fair. That's fair. Uh, so we can for a certainty say. Uh, Clay Matthews will not be getting that huge seven figure, seven eight figure. I don't, I can't do math. Contract. Enough. Um, it's enough. Yeah, money. he won't be yeah. making ten plus million a year uh, anymore for any team in the NFL. Um, so um, I guess, Dane. First of all, can Clay Matthews play outside linebacker and pre- be productive at that position um, anymore in the NFL, or is is that not something that he's capable of doing anymore? All right, Wags. So I have a lot of opinions on Clay Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> on Sundays, the last couple of seasons, I have lost my mind at times with my frustration over some of his play. And at other times, I have been so elated. There were plays this season that I would argue were absolutely atrocious calls by the officials that 
if they weren't called the way they were called, Clay Matthews would have been the hero early in the season, making serious plays. But because of how the, the flags fell, I think that did contribute a little bit to his, his production dip uh, this year. I know they're asking a lot of him, moving him around. All of that to say that he's not going to come back at that amount of money. There's There's no way that that can happen. I do think he could be productive for the Packers next year at a – significantly discounted number. Uh, looking at the stat sheet that we're looking at, he played about 71% of the snaps last season. If we got him down to 30% of the snaps, if Clay's playing 15 to 20 plays a game as a pure pass rusher, he would have some production. I really think he would. He's He finds a way to hit the quarterback when we let him loose. Uh, unfortunately, our defense is, I think, out of necessity at times. Uh, made him do different things. There's been times in his career where he's had to play middle linebacker. I don't want to see him do that. If he came back to Green Bay, he would need to come back at a discounted rate. I'm talking 4 or $5 million a year, which is a steep price decrease from what he's been making the last few years. And I would hope that he's playing 30, maybe even 40% of the snaps um, so he's really fresh, and he's able to do the thing he's best at, which is just go ahead and run downhill and hit the quarterback. But at any other rate, or if we're expecting him to play 70% of the snaps again, I think we're going to see um, something lacking there, and fans will be continue to be upset by his production. So you feel it's worth bringing Clay back for $4 million a year to be a pass rush specialist? Yeah. Basically. Okay. I, I think that's a good way to put it, yeah. Okay. So, um, I, which is interesting. I, I guess, you know, you're going to have to invest in that position either way. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we do that or we just let Clay walk and, and bring in and start over, bring in some some other guys. We've already decided we're getting rid of Perry. Yeah. Um, so... Um, and then, uh, not to jump ahead, but no. I find it extremely unlikely that um, uh, Reggie Gilbert is back. Um, granted, he's uh, um, he's exclusive rights. Exclusive rights, yeah. but he just uh, I guess maybe he's a he's someone you bring back into camp. I don't know. He just yeah. he he's had opportunities and he hasn't shown anything. So, um, but we'll, we can talk for a minute about him in a in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just you bring Clay back at that number and. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he. It seemed to me, uh, just looking at his production, that he was actually better against the run mm-hmm. um, the last couple of seasons than he was as a pass rusher. Yeah. And sure, he was able to put some pressure on the quarterback. In all honesty, um, he had more quarterback hits and pressures than uh, Kyler Fackrell did this right. year, and Kyler Fackrell got ten, ten and a half sacks. <laughs> so I, I don't know if if maybe uh, part of that is that Clay does get a little bit more attention from the opposing offense. Um, I, I I don't know that that's the case anymore at this point in, in his career. It's interesting to me that you said you would not want him as an inside linebacker. I I, I, I just don't think that's the right fit for him, but I don't know. I, I I hear what you're saying. He he does play. He's played it in the past, and I think he's shown it at times. I don't know if that's something he would want to do either. I think he kind of took one for the team a couple times. Do you think that he'd be pretty productive or could could play meaningful snaps as a middle linebacker in this defense? 
I actually do. Um, yes, because he's done it. I think he's better at inside linebacker. I think he showed that a couple of seasons ago when they moved him over there a little bit more out of necessity. Um, he was making more plays. He has more speed at inside linebacker than any anyone else that the Packers have had in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he's lost a step as a pass rusher, he has more side-to-side ability mm-hmm. um, than Blake Martinez does right now. And Blake is, you know, he's a sound player. Yeah, I really I like Blake, Blake Martinez. But he can get lost in the wash a little bit. I think Clay Matthews, that inside linebacker, can be a, a little bit more of a difference maker uh and he i i just don't see him as a difference maker anymore as an outside linebacker Mm -hmm. but that's really clay's that's up to clay uh we don't know what he wants to do it's easy for us to say hey clay should move to inside (laughs) linebacker and sign a one-year three million dollar contract with the packers well (laughs) my goodness that's asking quite a bit out of a guy like that um especially when john gruden's collecting older players (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i i mean that might be what's best for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's easy for us to say. I, I don't. I think that would be in Clay's best interest too. Quite honestly, I don't see his career continuing um, too much longer at this current position that he pay, plays. Um, so I think it's up to him what he wants to do. Maybe he would rather just go somewhere else, get as much money he can, as he can for another two, three seasons, and then he calls it a career. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if he's a guy that wants to play five more, five or six more seasons, he'll decide to, you know, hey, maybe this is the best fit for me. And we don't know that the Packers want to do that sure. either. Um, I, I think that's the only way he comes back. Uh, to be quite honest with you, is if they envision that that's something that he can definitely do and that would be um, in both of their best interests. Mm-hmm. Um, it, short of that, I don't see any path. I agree. I, I don't think that the Packers... This is going to be a situation where Clay may not really get much more money or a much bigger offer than he might get with the Packers, but it's really tough when it's the team that you've been with a long time to accept that huge pay cut. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just have to go somewhere else to, to uh, allow that to happen. Yeah, and to be totally fair, and I think we're in agreement, the NFL is a business, and Clay's definitely earned the right to do what he thinks is best for his own career. He doesn't have much left to prove, right? He has a ring. He was one of the premier pass rushers of the last decade. At, 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 at his peak, he was really tough to block. He was just so fun to watch, was flying all over the field. Uh, but you're right. Does he want to come back at a discounted rate? Do the Packers want it? Is, that, is there a mutual beneficial way to continue this partnership? Or does he want to go and play somewhere a little warmer, right? Where you're not playing in the cold half the year and, and make a little bit of money and, and ride off into the sunset as an all-time Packer great. And that's going to be up to him. But I, I got to ask Wags then, as we say all of this, Let's play the percentage game with Clay Matthews because he is one of those all-time Packer fan favorites, one of the all-time Packer great defensive players. If you had to put a percentage on it, what's the percentage Clay Matthews is back with the Green Bay Packers in 2019? 15%. Okay. Um, Clay's going to want to have to come back to the Packers Mm -hmm. and... 
I don't know. I, I just, I see your pathway with a short-term contract, lower amount, as, and he can just be that pass rush specialist. I just don't think that that's going to be something that Clay is going to be able to agree to. Mm-hmm. It's, I, it would be great if he does. I, I don't know. I, I, I just have a hard time looking at Clay Matthews as someone that would be worth three, four million to play thirty to forty percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, that was basically what the Packers could have done with Julius Peppers um, when they allowed him to walk couple of years ago and you could argue they should have mm-hmm. <laughs> but Julius Peppers was more productive in the previous couple of seasons as a pass rusher than Clay Matthews has been mm-hmm. the last couple of seasons and the Packers weren't even willing to invest in in Peppers for around that same figure so I I don't I don't think he's back. I I really don't. Yeah. I I think the only way that he's back is if both sides think that he could move to inside linebacker. I I, I, I kind of disagree with you. I, mm-hmm. I understand that that's asking a lot of someone. And so that's I don't think that's going to happen either. Right. Um, but I, I, I just don't think there's any other way that Clay Matthews is valuable enough to the Packers to bring him back for that, you know, three to four to five million or whatever he's going to want. Mm-hmm. Um that um, unless he's going to be on the field more than 20 to 30% of the plays. And so I I disagree with you slightly. I think there's a path. I I just don't feel like it's a very likely path. I agree. All of this is to say I'm right there with you, about 15% maybe. They asked Clay if I'm remembering correctly about it, and he's you know he gave a pretty significant non-answer. I just I get the sense that maybe the partnership may be ending. It's going to be really sad for a lot of Packer fans to see watching a guy up there on the podium with Aaron Rodgers after Super Bowl victory. Uh, anytime they go, it we do lose another piece of that Super Bowl glory that we had uh, now almost a decade ago, but. It probably is uh, the the end of that era, but you know I think 15% is a pretty solid number. Now, Wags, as we stay with the linebackers, we got a tough one I think potentially with Jake Ryan. He's a unrestricted free agent. He's shown some stuff in my opinion over the years, but coming back, he was never the fastest guy to begin with, and now he's coming back from an ACL injury that he suffered, uh, one that came at a maybe a good time for him as far as getting signed by somebody because it wasn't in the middle of the year. But what is your take on him? Do you think that he's somebody the Packers have interest in? Or do you think that he's somebody that um, we've seen what we had with him and it's time for us to, to fill that position in a different way? Um, I think I would rather just uh, fill that position in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, He's another guy that has been solid, but I think is very replaceable at a lower cost. I would rather just go into the draft and and maybe get another guy or two that you feel like can, um, you know, play that position. It'll be interesting to see this year too. Uh, now, uh, certainly Oren Burks um, didn't do a lot this season and, and isn't necessarily playing the exact same position. Yeah. 
But, um, you know, uh, I think that's someone that we should keep an eye on. Um, I, I personally, I, I just, I, he's been good when he's been on the field sometimes, struggles in pass coverage, mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of range. That's part of why I kind of like Clay Matthews, as unlikely as that is. Um, I I don't think um, he's a guy that is, you know, irreplaceable. I, I really feel like we just move on and, and, and um, again, kind of like with the safety group, roll the dice, bring in a couple of other guys and see if they can pop a little bit. Um, I just didn't really see a lot of productivity out of him uh, yeah. when even when he was healthy. He, he was solid against the run, but um, wasn't someone that really, I don't think, stood out. Yeah, so the question then becomes, if something, God forbid, were to happen to Blake Martinez, Jake Ryan would be the guy that would slot into that role because you're right, Oren Burks. Oren Burks plays more of a former Packer linebacker Joe Thomas position. He uh, he, kind of a lighter guy, more of a pass coverage linebacker in this Petten defense. But our stout middle linebacker is Blake Martinez. And if Jake Ryan were to come back, he would be, at least through my eyes, sort of the, he'd play a little bit of snaps with Blake Martinez on the field, but he'd also be there to serve as a, somebody to give Blake a a breather once in a while and, and, and be able to stick his nose in there and make some tackles. I think he, there's opportunity for him to do that. There's a role for him on this defense in a limited capacity. The concern I would have is for him to step in, particularly after an injury, and if we're asking him to be playing the amount of snaps that somebody like a Blake Martinez plays. Because if folks remember, last year, Blake Martinez, there were games, that dude did not take a play off on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. That's incredible. A guy who was able to stay on the field at such a punishing position and not miss a snap, and I believe for multiple weeks in a row. So whoever fills this role, that the kind of the, the role the, to back up Blake Martinez and get some snaps with him in there, it, it's going to need to be somebody that we feel comfortable with playing potential you know, significant snaps. And I like Jake at the right cost, particularly to come into camp and maybe battle for a position. But I, at the same time, don't know if I'm all the way there with putting all of our eggs in just Jake Ryan at that position alongside Blake Martinez. Sure. Uh, I think that's fair. And, and so I think we're pretty much in agreement there with Jake. Um, and um, he's a guy that uh, really he's this is his second contract. And I just I don't know how much he's earned that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, he's in, uh, he, he, he may be someone that, you know, doesn't command a lot of outside interest. And yeah. so perhaps um, uh, if the Packers can agree to a number that's palatable, um, yeah. that uh, he's someone that can come back. And I think he, you know, he would have to earn his way back onto the roster, quite honest with you. There would be no guarantees there. Particularly um, with Antonio Morrison still under contract for another year. And I know that's a guy that at times flashed some stuff that you liked, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So, anyway, let's um, look at uh, another guy then. Um, 
Uh, on the defensive line, we've got uh, Big Mo Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed a one-year, $5 million prove-it contract last offseason. Um, seems to be a, a Coach Patton guy. Um, was not on the field too long before he had that season-ending injury this year. No, and it was so unfortunate to see that happen so early in the year because really the idea of Big Mo in there with Kenny Clark and with Mike Daniels, even after the injury, still excites me. I think that he had had a down season or two, but overall still has like a ton of talent and upside. It could be a guy that could be a, a real difference maker on this defense. I would love to see him come back. Uh, to the Green Bay Packers, certainly not at the contract that he probably was hoping to have after this prove-it deal. Uh, as you said, it was a $5 million contract last year. I think that the Packers probably have an opportunity to bring him back at a number even a little lower than what that number was this past season because of this injury now. Um, but I, I would like to see him back. I That front three with the three guys we just mentioned, and then with Dean Lowry continue to emerge as a guy who can play very real snaps in the NFL, that's a pretty nasty defensive line there. So I'd love to have him back at the right price. If he starts to somehow get a larger deal, we probably are going to need to look a different way. But I haven't always been impressed with uh, Montrevious Adams, but with some of the other guys that are there that we've mentioned, put him in that mix, let them rotate around, and apply pressure to the quarterback, stop the run, be stout, be a veteran leader. It seemed like the guys really took to him when he came into camp last year. Seemed like a guy with a that was a breath of fresh air for that defensive line. So, yeah, let's bring him back. But just like with, with any free agent, it's got to be at the right price. Yeah. Um, would you be okay with him at the same price he signed last year then? Yeah, I'd prefer a little less, but if we put him in at $5 million, I don't think that's breaking the bank at all. Right. Um, I mean, it's. I guess it's probably unlikely that they're going to get him for less than that. Mm. Um, it, the injury notwithstanding, that seemed like it was pretty much the, the lowest amount that they were going to get for a guy of that caliber. Now, granted, he was someone that there was a reason he signed that contract last mm-hmm. off season. He, he had some question marks and um, uh, wasn't necessarily a guy that didn't have a, a, some blemishes as, as a, <laughs> as a player with the jets. Uh, it, it sounds like he had kind of um, worn out his welcome a little bit in New York, uh, but um, and wasn't on the field long, but nothing came out that uh, you're right, that he wasn't someone that, was a positive influence uh, uh, in the locker room and, and with some of those young guys. So, um, yeah, I would be it, – it's hard to say because we didn't get to see much of him, no. but um, it makes sense that if you can get him back for another one-year deal, um, maybe that's someone that they sign later in the process again like they did last year mm-hmm. um, after the draft, maybe um, later in the spring, early summer. Um, but at a one-year deal, uh, it makes a lot of sense given – that there's not a lot of um, high-end depth. They've got it now. The defensive line is a strength, but um, you know Daniels has been nicked up. That's a that's a position that it it does tend to have more injuries, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so obviously you, you feel really good about uh, Clark and and Daniels still, but um, but I, I agree. I would like to have Big Mo back for another one-year deal if if they can do that at around that same number, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so we touched a little bit on Reggie Gilbert. I don't think we need to talk a lot about him. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a minimum guy, exclusive rights free agent. Um, so do you think they just bring him back and, and he's someone that just like this p- past season, he would have to earn a, his, his roster spot uh, and just see what he can do? Or, or, is, or do, you, do you feel like, you know, um, let's, let's, uh, let's bring in some other guys and, and see if they can pop instead? They've had a long look with him. He was on the practice squad at times. I know going into this season, we were really excited about his development. He had shown some flashes prior to this season and in, in training camp a little bit. I do think they probably take one last look at him in camp, but he definitely has to show a little bit more improvement and be a guy that they think, you know, can can play meaningful snaps for him for them. And if there's any question at all, it's probably gonna be time for him to go. He's been nothing but a pro from what uh, comes out of out of the Packer media and on social media, so he seems to be a really well liked guy. But that doesn't cut it, unfortunately, sometimes in this league. So I'm guessing because he is an exclusive rights free agent, he'll come back into camp, but with absolutely no guarantees that he's part of the active roster or roster at all uh, in the 2019 season. Sure. Um, so that could be the case. I. That's fine. Um, yeah. He hasn't shown anything. I, as you just said, yeah. he's had a long look, and he's had opportunities. Um, it's not like they can't bring in other guys and, and, right. and compete. Um, I, I don't think he's on the team next year, uh, short of him having a, a huge offseason and, and where he just kind of just figures it out. But if he hasn't to this point, I don't see why there's any reason we'll expect him to. Um, so I don't really have a lot of hope that, that he's a guy that, um, you know, uh, can become a playmaker. Right. Um, so, uh, but he doesn't cost anything. So as an exclusive rights free agent, let's pencil him in mm-hmm. um, and he'll be in camp uh, fighting for a spot on the roster then. Definitely. Um, so there's a couple other guys I was looking at that aren't free agents this year. And and we're, and we also had Fadal Brown too. Okay. The um, D lineman. We brought him in. We don't have to touch on him very long. Uh, brought him in. He, he'd played in the NFL, uh, you know, for, a little bit here. He had a, a nice play or two on special teams. He came over. He was on the Oakland Raiders uh, prior to being in Green Bay, but he was definitely one of those um, late season signings. We didn't sign him until December 5th of last year when we claimed him off of waivers. He, uh, again, as an exclusive rights free agent, he may have actually shown enough to, to get a look at camp again, uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't back with the team. There's not much else to say. There wasn't a ton of tape on him, but he he did, you know, mix in there a little bit. But I can't imagine him taking the place of somebody like my boy Tyler Lancaster. Sure. Um, I mean, he's, again, just a guy. (laughs) So uh, if they want to bring him in and he earns a spot, great. Uh, But um, I don't think he's uh, someone that uh, will be, you know, looking at um, as a name to be – um, watching down the road. So. No, I think the the thing to watch with somebody like a Fadal Brown would be if he's playing more snaps in preseason than Montrevious Adams, then we've got a problem. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So, um, okay, very good. So that uh, takes care of the current free agents uh, for the Packers that were on the team last year. There were a couple of guys I also wanted to look at. So Kenny Clark Mm -hmm. is entering the final year of his uh, rookie contract. And traditionally, the Packers try to extend those guys uh, before the season, and it makes a lot of sense to me that Kenny Clark would be someone that they would be um, working hard to get an extension in place before this season. Mm-hmm. Pay the man. Um, so, yeah, I, <laughs> I think he's going to get some money, and uh, the, the nice thing with that is they can do that late in the process, and... Uh, depending on how much cap space they have um, at the end of the free agency period, mm-hmm. they can give them a bunch of the bonus up front and count it against the 2019 cap. Mm-hmm. They can spread it around over future years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of options with that. And so that's one of the nice things. So that'll be um, something that um, will be interesting to see. So if the Packers end up with a little bit extra cap space, mm-hmm. um, you know, in July, mid-July, mm-hmm. and it looks like uh, they've got some room there, um, they can uh, put a lot of that uh, um, signing bonus towards yeah. uh, 2019 um, for Kenny Clark because yeah we got to pay that guy. He's uh, awesome. So um, the good news is is that um, they don't have to do that either. They have a lot of extra space and if they want to, they can spread that around so they can extend him and and move that um, money against future seasons as well. So. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I just uh, was playing around with here is if they did um, count it against a 2019 cap, uh, let's say that he gets, you know, a nine or ten million dollar signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, they extend him for four more seasons. Um, that locks him up for this season and four more seasons beyond. Um, you know, that could be something that the Packers could do or they could allocate that across to multiple seasons. Definitely. And Wags, I got to point out with Kenny Clark. Dude was born October of 95. He's only 23 <laughs> right now. Yeah. So he he's the age that a lot of guys are when they're just coming into the league. He's developing. He's getting better and better. Um, we've got a crossover since state. We're going to do a crossover. we got Giannis in Milwaukee, the young star. And we've got Kenny Clark here in Green Bay, another young guy there. You, you, you almost do a double take when you look at the program and you go, this guy's only 23. So you're right. we got to bring Kenny back. I see no reason that that won't figure something out. He seems like a really hardworking guy that's been willing to work at his craft and he was one of those guys where when he was taken in the first round people went who well now we know his name don't we yeah, exactly <laughs> um yeah so i i think that's something that they're not going to be talking about early in the free agency's process they uh, the packers um i would be um shocked if that isn't something that they're working very very hard on um by middle of the summer i mentioned that now just what as we're looking at the uh total amount of cap room that they have um that is an option uh, mm-hmm. for 2019 um and that has a lot of advantages if they can allocate a lot of this roster bonus against the 2019 cap mm-hmm. um you know, certainly you'd rather get someone that can come in and pay, and if that that's a difference maker that can um, help the team this year, uh, great. 
but um, uh, then again, um, they have other ways to use up some of that cap space for next season as well with Definitely. Kenny. Um, one other guy that I think might be kind of a sneaky little extension is Mike Daniels. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's 29 years old. And he's got a um, um, ten, just over ten million dollar cap number this year, um, and he's making um, uh, just uh, just over seven point five, seven point six million. Um, he's twenty nine years old. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Do would you agree with me that he would be a maybe a, a guy that you extend for a couple more mm-hmm. seasons? That would break take him into that age thirty one, thirty two range. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been a little nicked up the last couple of seasons, but you know he is so integral to that defense. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them extend him for a couple of seasons, and that frees up a couple more seasons or a couple, uh, a little bit of cap space for this year as well, because um, then you can spread out that that cap number um, by extending him. So, uh, so there's some ways to uh, get Daniels locked up for mm-hmm. a couple of extra seasons. Now they don't have to do that, but that would free up a little bit of cap space and and lock him in. I think uh, through that age 30. 132 window when most likely he's you know probably going to start to see some decline mm-hmm. yeah uh, mike daniels if, if there's one thing you can say about mike daniels he loves being a green bay packer and not shocked at all if he you're right legs he, he's one of those sneaky signings where you don't really hear much about it and then all of a sudden an extension is announced, and he is locked in for another couple years. I am fascinated to see how Goody works compared to how Ted Thompson works uh, on this, because uh, a lot of this, we are going from a, a place of past practices, but it's just good cap management and good work of a GM when they can lock in some of their veteran players that appear to be part of long-term future uh, as early as they can. So I wouldn't be surprised by it, and I would absolutely welcome it. Mike Daniels is as you said, he, I mean, he's one of the heart and soul players of the Green Bay Packers, but certainly of the defense. He shows a fire on the defense that uh, some years past we didn't maybe seem to have as much of, and that now we're adding to because he reminds me on the defensive line a lot of how Jair Alexander acts as the defensive back in that he's he's hollering and he's he's firing guys up and then he just gets to work and does what he's supposed to do so i would i would absolutely welcome seeing that and i would have no problem either with the green bay packers continuing to invest on the defensive side of the ball particularly at the defensive line position would like to see kenny clark and mike daniels in green and gold for at least the next few years. Yeah, and obviously Mike is the guy. Uh, he and his family just love Green yeah. Bay when we were up in camp. Uh, his whole we, family. Yeah, yeah, his whole family, his parents, uh, all his kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we weren't trying to be creep or anything, <laughs> but you can't – You it, it was it wasn't – we were just standing there, and they're all just uh, having a great time. Super with, friendly with, with everybody, yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so shout out to the Daniels family, and uh, yep. uh, they're very involved in the community. So they are, aren't yeah, they? He they, and his wife yeah. and everybody. It's yeah. Awesome. Um, so I, I mean, that's just a guy that 
you know, if you can extend quietly and, and he still gets paid, yeah. but it helps the team um, with their cap situation free up a little bit of money at the same time, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I thought that was someone that I would just, just quickly mention as, as a possibility as well. So um, just to summarize then, Dane, we've done a, a quite a bit more work, I think, on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if you're looking at the Packer free agents then, I think we we did not have unanimous agreement when no. we when we were looking through this list. Um, uh, to me, um, I, it looks like we we for the most part agreed none of the safeties will be back in Bryce. At least we um, don't think they we we don't hope they necessarily right. are. They um, may come back yeah. on a low term deal or what no, have there's you. No, there's no there's really no cost for any of them. We just feel like it would make a lot more sense to bring in guys at similar cost and and just see if someone else can play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think we know what we're getting uh, again with that group. Um, neither of us really think Jake Ryan will be back. I don't think I. I would say that that's a lower possibility than it is a probability. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I, guys like um, uh, Brown and Gilbert um, uh, probably will be back in camp. Uh, they'll certainly have to be earning their way onto the roster. Uh, very, very minimal investment there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, uh, if we bring back Mo Wilkerson at around that same $5 million one-year deal and uh, Breland can be had for around that three-year $24 million. Now, you weren't sure on that, right? Um, I, I wasn't uh, – I'm not as sold maybe as some other Packer fans are in the sense that when you go to the message boards, you go on Reddit, you, you look at comment sections of different articles, some people are like, just bring back Breland however we can. And that's where I get a little bit nervous. I think the great franchises bring back good um, – Uh, Some of the other um, restricted exclusive rights, free agents, it it doesn't seem like um, we are likely to um, uh, be looking at as well. So uh, Devon House won't be back. Um, So uh, really, you're looking at uh, even if we extend Daniels, um, which um, isn't a guarantee, but I was just looking at that as a possibility, free up a little bit of money Um, with the moves that we did on offense. Last week, um, bringing back Breland does eat up into some of that calf room. Mm-hmm. Um, with those moves, we'd be probably looking at around, uh, depending on what those final numbers are, somewhere in the 22 to 25, 26 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. And that's going into going and looking at some uh, free agents that are on the market. Yeah, and, and mind you, we'll also have to pay all of our draft picks as well, so correct. that'll need a chunk of that. That'll need a chunk of that. So that's still a decent amount mm-hmm. uh, to be going out and trying to sign a, a couple of guys, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not a ton. No. Um, so um, that's, I think, the – I think Breland – boy, I, I don't know. I, I – I'm unsure when I mm-hmm. w- look at that number now. Yeah. Um, I might be sliding more into your camp um, that he's more of a luxury than he is a, a likelihood yeah. um, to be back. Um, I, I guess it will depend on what that number would be. I would agree. I would definitely not get in a bidding war with a guy like over a guy like Breland. 
Um, no, but I, and Wags, mind you, also we're 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 totaling these numbers on the defensive side of the ball. There's going to be some of those offensive guys as well. That we oh, need to think I had of. figured that into this okay. number already. Okay. So uh, that was Great. assuming we get Cobb back gotcha. at the number we Thank were you. talking yeah. about, and um, and uh, bringing back those exclusive rights free agents and, and Tunyon and Kumro and Got it. Uh, Patrick. So uh, so yeah, I had figured that in already, um, and uh, that also did figure in a extension for um um for um uh, um big uh, Kenny Clark as well. So if we weren't to extend Kenny before the this season even though he's got one year left, if we didn't do that, we would then have a little bit more cash to work with potentially. We correct? would. So uh without a extension for Kenny Clark, uh, we're now we're back up to around 30 million. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess just to come full circle because it was really the first guy that we were talking about um, uh, leading into that Breland conversation mm-hmm. is that brings us kind of back to Tremont Williams, right? Mm-hmm. So you can see that, I, I don't know, I mean, it, it might be worth uh, having a little bit more cash uh, to be able to go out and spend. Now, granted, if you've got somewhere in that 26 to 30 million range, you should still be able to sign a very solid safety. Yeah, for sure. Um, safety, yeah. Uh, and uh, either way, that's not going to mm-hmm. uh, infringe on their ability to do that um, because uh, they should be able to get a guy for four to five million a year based on what the market was last year. Mm-hmm. If that stays the same, um, they don't need to get Earl Thomas. No. Um, in fact, I, I don't, we'll talk about that some other time, but, um, but they don't need to spend a ton to get a good quality player back there. No, and would you even be shocked, and we'll talk way more about free agents that are on the market, but even Morgan Burnett's looking to make a move back somewhere, right? And well, get, he's get under out. contract right. right now, but uh, sure. I, and I, I, they wouldn't have to spend three years, $14 million that exactly. the Steelers did last year. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, but even at that number, let's say whether they – whether they use any of the cap space in 2019 towards um, a bonus for a Kenny Clark extension or not, um, if they can get a, a good solid safety for that four to five million a year, mm-hmm. um, they've got plenty of money to still go out there and, and spend and get a good quality outside uh, pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, and we figure they're going to get someone at that position, a guy or two in the draft. So, um, so you know, we don't have to, you know, harp on bringing back some of these guys that underproduced, even at a lower number like a Matthews or right. a Cobb. Uh, but um, uh, they've got the room to be still pretty aggressive, even if we bring some of those guys back at a lower number. Definitely. Um, and um, that's not to say that, it, let's be honest, um, Cobb with the receiver market and Mo Wilkerson – uh, if those are two guys that they don't bring back, you can sign Breland, and now all of a sudden you've got thir- you're back up to that 36 to 38 million in room. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it, now you might have to go and maybe you spend a little bit more than you would have on Cobb uh, for an, another receiver, or maybe you spend a little less than you would have on uh, Mo Wilkerson uh, to to get someone else to supplement that defensive line depth. Um, so uh, there's certainly options. Uh, we're just kind of looking at the guys that they have and, and what it would cost to bring them back. Wags, every year is critical if you are a front office for an NFL team. But my goodness, this is a critical juncture in the direction of the Green Bay Packers. New coaching staff, 
uh, general manager who's really going to put his imprint on this roster this year. A lot of tough decisions to make with free agents this year and looking ahead. Uh, what kind of GM does he want to be in a free agent market? Uh, a, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, uh, now under contract, but at, you know the, his mid-30s now. I'm excited. I'm nervous. There's a lot going on. I've got a lot of emotion here, but I think that you really were able to just highlight the stakes at which Goody's going to have to operate to make us successful for 2019 and 2020 and 2021 and beyond. Yeah, um, and the exciting thing is is that their biggest positions of need, one of those positions isn't going to cost a lot of money to yes. upgrade. Um, the outside linebacker group, um, they're just... It won't. It'll cost a lot more money, but they're getting. They'll be getting rid of the guys that uh, were making all of the money on the the team last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, frankly, we're not producing. So, um, so yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting time for for Packers fans, and um, uh, I think that. Uh, as frustrating as the season was last year in terms of record, it would be easy to say, get rid of all these guys. Right. Uh, they were bums. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we we have to look take it a case-by-case basis and do what we think is going to be best for the team moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely think that um, we've done a nice job with our uh GM Goody hats again today. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, uh, certainly we don't know for sure what's going to happen. There's always two parties to any negotiation, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's lots of other teams, as we mentioned, with quite a bit of cap space. So um, sometimes, uh, you know, other teams get a little spend happy, and you just have to say... Uh, all right, hands up, right? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, so, uh, so we'll have to be patient because I know that the free agency period is always a time of frustration, even with the new, uh, more aggressive uh, GM yeah. Brian Gutekunst. Um, there's gonna be guys that are gonna be getting a lot of money, and the Packers are probably not gonna be the main players no. uh, in some of those uh, uh, signings uh, early in the on in the period. Yeah, we're not looking to win March. We're looking to win GM. January and February. So, and to do that, oftentimes the teams that win March in the eyes of the media or maybe a fan base aren't the ones that are, are winning when it actually matters. So I couldn't agree more. Um, Wags, I'm going to give you the final say. So I just want to say that um, I am really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Um, lots of storylines here, um, particularly with the defense. It needs a lot of attention. Um, we need guys to get healthy. <laughs> we need to go and get some difference makers. So it'll be fun. Um, and to be fair, I think what we should do, Dane, to hold uh, ourselves accountable mm-hmm. is is let's, let's truly be GMs and keep the signings and the players that we've agreed upon and that will inform our free agency discussions. I don't want to go into that with a fresh slate uh, all of a sudden with all of the cap space and saying, Oh, well we can sign this guy Mm -hmm. without taking into account the moves that we've already made. Definitely. Uh, So if we're going to be pretending we're GMs here, uh, we'll, we'll uh, keep these moves uh, in the, on the books uh, as we move into that discussion Mm -hmm. and and look at some of the free agents that are going to be available out there there um and that's going to be a fun discussion to have uh, i think in the next couple of weeks definitely definitely and we've got 
free agent discussions. We'll have uh, a ton of content coming up on the Lamberley podcast on draft. And, you know, it's just a fun time of year. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to next season when the Green Bay Packers are in the Super Bowl instead of the uh, the Rams. It's going to be fun to watch us climb back to where we belong and take the trophy home. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Lambo Leap Pod, Instagram at Lambo Leap Podcast, and Facebook at Lambo Leap Pod. Wags, we did it again. Our team's going in the right direction. So I'm signing off. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.